The title that we have for today is um, A Light for the Lost, referring to those, those lanterns that went out into the kingdom. And our, our Bible quote today is from Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man has come to, to seek and to save that which was lost. And it made me think about this scene um, from last week, actually, of, of the king, right? He's this big, uh, manly-looking king, very strong-looking. But the, there's a scene where the, the queen has to wipe away a tear from his eye. as he's trying to remember his lost princess. Um, they're getting ready to go out, send out these lanterns, and, and he's just, he's heartbroken. <clears throat> Excuse me. Told you I get <laughs> He's heartbroken for this lost princess. And he's just, you know, he, he tries to, to uh, hold it back, but he, he's just, um, that's, that's where his heart is. His heart's for this lost girl. And it reminds me of our King, our King Jesus, our Father God. And we don't know what God looks like. The Bible doesn't tell us what God looks like. But when I see this King and the heart he has for his lost daughter, it really makes me think of our Father God. The Bible tells us over and over again about how God has a heart for the lost. There's, I, I have a few verses here that I'll share with you. Ezekiel 34, 11, for thus says the Lord, this is God speaking, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. Ezekiel 34, 16 says, I will seek the lost and bring back the scattered. Today's verse, Luke 19, 10, the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. There's a number of parables. One of them is the the parable in Matthew 18 called the, the parable of the lost sheep, where uh, Jesus is describing a shepherd. And in verse 12, Matthew 18, verse 12, Jesus says, what do you think, oh, what do you think, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountain to go and search for the one that is straying? We sang it today in our song. And in Luke 15, there's a parable about a lost coin. And this woman that lost a coin in her house. She's searching for this coin. We, we assume it's quite a valuable coin, I'm guessing. And Jesus describes the rejoicing of this woman when she finds a lost coin. She calls her neighbors, and she, she's telling everybody, I found my coin, I found my coin. And Jesus is using this to describe the rejoicing in heaven when just one sinner repents. This is, this is not like, you know, a whole, you know, church turned around or a whole kingdom turned around. I mean, this is one sinner repents, and the kingdom of heaven rejoices over that one sinner. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> these are really powerful verses that tell us the heart of God. And he's saying it over and over again. As many times as the Bible talks about the lost, I think this seems to be something that's very important to God. And so that brings me to point one. God is always seeking the lost. From these verses, we can see God is always seeking the lost. He's always out there searching. And just like uh, the king in here was releasing that lantern, um, you know, God's releasing the, the, the light in the world for us to see, right? It might be other Christians speaking into our lives. It might be a Bible verse at somebody's house, just on the wall. 
It might be um, the, the, the Holy Spirit speaking directly to us in our ears. Like God uses all these things to speak to us so that we can see him. We can see heaven. You know, Rapunzel didn't realize that a life of royalty was waiting for her, right? For 18 years, she was stuck in this tower thinking that she's safe from those who would hurt her, right? She didn't realize that she was lost. It took these lights in the kingdom to, for her to realize that she's lost. She needed that light. So she found love and security, and I use those terms really loosely, like Kelly shared last week, these um, she found love and security in Mother Gothel, who is pretending to be her mother, but is actually holding her in bondage, right? So the love and security is actually a stronghold for her to stay in this kind of prison cell. She's under bondage. She's, in, she's a slave, and she doesn't even know it. Um, so th- there's just this illusion of protection over her. There's this illusion of um, love, illusion of security, but it, it's actually a stronghold. It's actually holding her in bondage and in slavery. That's the truth, is she's actually a slave, as we see at the end of the movie, when she's chained up and getting ready to get put down in, in this hole. It's, it, it's slavery. It's bondage, right? And there was, it wasn't until Rapunzel absolutely rejected that lie she rejected the illusions, rejected Mother Gothel. She just completely turned to everything, fought her, um, and, and turned to her true identity as the lost princess. So she's lost for 18 years, but she doesn't know it, and that's point two. We are all lost at birth, right? We, we talk a lot about we're born in the lineage of Adam, right? Adam had this communion with God, and he, w- he was there in the garden, but when sin separated him from God. And then we are born into that lineage. From birth, we are separated from God. It's, it's, it wasn't a choice. It wasn't, we didn't know we're separated. We just were lost from birth. In Psalm 51.5, it says, For I, I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. So I can't do anything um, that the world says is sin inside my mother's stomach. This says, from the moment my mother conceived me. I'm a blip in my mother's stomach, and I'm a sinner, right? I wasn't fighting with my brother yet. (laughs) I wasn't arguing with my parents. I wasn't fighting with my friends. I mean, I'm, I'm in my mother's stomach. From the moment I was conceived, I'm a sinner. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Right? This is where we are from birth. So we're all lost, like Rapunzel was, kidnapped. She was lost from birth. We're all lost at birth. But that's, that's not where we're supposed to be. You know, Philippians 3.20 says that we're citizens of heaven. We're supposed to be citizens of heaven, right? And God's sending out those beacons of light, those little lanterns um, of light into our lives. People speaking into our lives, people talking, the Holy Spirit talking to us you know, finding a Bible. I mean, there's all these ways that God uses um, to, to, to show that light to us. And until we reject Satan, the way Rapunzel rejected Satan, or rejected Mother Gothel, <laughs> she's kind of Satan. <laughs> um, I mean, that was, you know, sometimes we like uh, don't want to offend somebody, or we want to um, just kind of, you know, start going to church. I mean, but 
I mean, when I picture Rapunzel rejecting Mother Gothel, that's the way we need to be rejecting Satan. Like, just, I don't want to have anything to do with you. You're done. I'm not going to, you're not going to use me for your purposes anymore. I am going to the kingdom where I belong. This is where I belong. Boldly, no hesitation, no apology. It's just um, finding her true identity in the kingdom. And if we can reject Satan that same way, we have identity in the kingdom of heaven as well. So at the end of the movie, so we, we come and the, um, Rapunzel's in the uh, castle. She's overlooking her new kingdom. She realizes who she is. And, and then we cut to the, the king and the queen. And I love this scene because the king runs to see his princess. I mean, he's running down the hallway to see his princess. He's been waiting 18 years, her whole life, for her to realize she's lost. She realizes she's lost. She comes into her identity as the princess, and he runs to meet her. My favorite line is when um, Eugene's kind of telling the story, he's kind of narrating the story, and he says, the kingdom rejoiced. Like, when I'm reading, when I'm preparing this message and I'm watching the movie, I'm like, this almost sounds like a biblical parable. (laughs) Like, I mean, some of the words that they use, it seems like, I mean, this just such a the kingdom rejoiced when someone came back and realized their identity. I mean, that's, that's what God's talking about with this parable of the lost coin. Um, the kingdom rejoiced. And it also reminds me of yet another parable about something that's lost. I mean, this is over and over. And uh, I mean the parable of the lost son or the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15. This son goes away. He spends all of his dad's uh, in the inheritance he has from his dad. The Bible says, um, I, there's one version kind of censors it and says wild living. Um, other other uh, chapters say, tell exactly what he was doing. But it is, it, it is not a, um, you know, just kind of wandering away. It, he has rejected his dad. He's spent the money on wild living. He's to a point where he's just eating pig food. And he realizes that, hey, this is, this is silly. Why don't I go back and I'll be a servant? And, I, you know, even the servants in my dad's household are well fed. And so he turns, he has all these excuses and, um, and um, just explanations for his father. But his father doesn't listen to any of the excuses, any of the, the, the explanation. He sees him in a distance, which means he's looking for him, sees him in the distance and runs out to him, runs out to meet his son who's just squandered away his whole life and his whole inheritance and everything. He runs out to see him, hugs him, kisses him, puts a new robe on him, gives sandals on his feet, a ring on his finger. I mean, this is not just kind of like, okay, you got to prove yourself to me again. Like, it's an immediate reconciliation because his son turned back to him and came back and, and, and he claimed him as a son again. He, he's, he's back in the house. So much so that... He he even kills the fattened calf, okay? Like, that's a lot of meat. Do you ever think about how much meat is in a fattened calf and how many people must have been at this party rejoicing that the son came back? I mean, that's that's a lot of people. And, um, And it just, again, shows the heart of the father because it says that this is, this is our father in heaven. This is our father. And he's waiting for us to come back 
and enjoy or and join with him and claim our place in the kingdom. So, um, at, towards the end of this movie was that that sacrifice that Eugene made. So, Eugene is oh look, <laughs> Eugene is um, about to die. And he is going to, uh, you know, he needs that magical power of the hair. And Rapunzel's um, willing to, to give herself in, in a life of slavery in order to save his life. But he, he won't have it. And so he, he cuts her hair off. And to me, what a sacrifice that is. That he knew that um, he would die, not so that she could I mean, Rapunzel wasn't going to literally die if, if he didn't do this, but, but she would be living that life of slavery and bondage. It wasn't a life for a life, but he considered it her life. He considered that she would die because she was going to be into a life of slavery and bondage. And, you know, Jesus did that same thing for us. If you ever think of that, that he died on the cross not knowing whether or not you or I would ever repent. He didn't know. He didn't know if we would turn towards the kingdom of heaven or if we would just forever be lost. But he, he died on the cross so that we had the opportunity to, to uh, lead that life of freedom. So if he made that big of a sacrifice, I don't believe that we need to keep it a secret. Like, I don't believe that we... Uh, just take that in just as a blessing for my own life. You know, like, it's like, you know, I, I feel blessed in my family or I feel blessed in my home or my job or this or that. that he didn't die on the cross just so I could have this feeling of blessing. He, he did it so that I could live eternally and tell everybody about that. Like, we, we, we've been given a job. And so, like, I think about Rapunzel's kingdom. The king let off one lantern, right? If the king let off one lantern, Rapunzel probably wouldn't have seen and been so intrigued to come into her identity in the kingdom, right? But the rest of the kingdom followed their king. The rest of the kingdom, once the, once the king left off one lantern, there were thousands of lanterns. I mean, it, it was uh, I, <laughs> so many lanterns just going into the sky. And those are the ones the Rapunzel saw. It was, it was collectively, all of them together, those lights that Rapunzel saw. If it hadn't have been for the kingdom coming together under the leadership of their king, she would have never been drawn so much to that right there. And the Bible tells us that if you're a Christian, then you are a light for the lost. Matthew 5, 14 and 16 says, you are the light of the world, let others, uh, let your light shine so others can see it. Then they will see the good things you do and they will bring glory to your father who's in heaven. Like we're, we're called to, to, to be that light of the world. Um, and so that's, that's point three. Believers are called to be the light of the world. And, you know, I, I think about movies and, and, um, things and this, this last wish of somebody right before they, they, um, leave earth. Is, has so much weight. It has so much bearing. Sometimes it, it gives a burden to somebody who's left behind. Sometimes it gives kind of a commission or an empowerment into their life. But sometimes when peop, someone's last words, we give a lot of credit to, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of weight. It, 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 it means a lot. 
And Mark tells us that the last words of Jesus are, you must go and make disciples of all nations. And make disciples means teach them, right? Make disciples means teach. It doesn't say, not, don't misunderstand me here, it's important to invite our friends to church, but that's not where it stops. We can't invite them to church so that Pastor Youngho can be their teacher. You go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The word baptize means immerse them. So immerse their whole life in Jesus. Immerse their whole life in the Father and immerse their whole life in the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, and you can be sure that I am with you always to the very end. These are the last words of Jesus before he ascended into heaven. He didn't die. He ascended into heaven. But these are the last words he said before leaving earth. Now, Jesus was someone who was very, very careful about his words. He was always very, very intentional about what he said. He was very thoughtful. And I think he knew that we would put a lot of, uh, you know, put a lot of um, weight and a lot of um, power in the last words of somebody. And so I believe that we need to take this very seriously. The last line there, and you can be sure that I am always with you, to the very end. That means that we don't have to uh, be burdened by that commissioning, that by that you know, um, job that we have to do. This is our job, but it's not on us. Every week, I don't know if the rooted teachers realize this, but every week I tell them, don't rely on your own uh, teaching ability. This is the, the, the kids, teachers upstairs every Sunday say, don't rely on your ability. Don't rely on your own knowledge. Don't rely on your own answers. Don't Every week, I tell the teachers this, and every week when we pray as a group during our vision team meeting, every week we pray, or, or, or I pray, that we don't rely on our own teaching, that God uses us, uses my mouth, uses my ears uh, to listen to the kids, um, that uses my hands and my feet so that I can be that to God and to Jesus. And so, and, and this is where that prayer is rooted, and this is where um, that, what I'm trying to uh, feed to the teachers is that God's with us. We're not the teachers. I, I, I'm called a teacher, but I'm, I'm not the teacher. God's using me to teach the kids, and God's using me to help the teachers understand this. It's, it's, I don't need to rely on my own. If I'm relying on my own, believe it or not, some of these kids have some really deep questions, <laughs> and sometimes I can't answer it. And so I, I have to just, I, I teach the kids the, the most easy prayer. Two words, help me. And so when I get a, 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 a somebody asking me, um, a, a friend or a kid, a question that it's either really too deep for me to understand or it's a, a situation that I've never been in, I'm just like, hey, help me. And it's, it's quick. I can say it without thinking. And, and then I can go on. So um, as we close, I have a challenge. Um, concerning these lights, if you're seeing those beacons of light, if you don't know what I'm talking about to be lost or found, um, if you don't know what it means to uh, be a citizen of heaven, if you don't know what that means, then you might be locked up in the tower. You might be needing to escape and, and find out what those beacons are. And so I, I really challenge you to find somebody you were talking with today, find a Christian friend, find somebody to be like, hey, what's what are you guys talking about? This is kind of weird uh, uh, wording you're using. What are you guys talking about? So I challenge you to ask somebody. But if you're in the kingdom, 
If you know that you've been found, if you know that you're not lost, you know that you're the light, then I challenge you to lift that lantern. And I challenge you to be that lantern, be that light in the world um, so, that, so that we can bring as many people to heaven as possible.